podcast with my guest my new frown friend brian mcturnan um hi hi your um your your resume is ridiculous um <laughs> it's it's absolutely like like i didn't realize until i did like a little bit more research like i knew but i really didn't know because i really didn't concentrate you know what i'm saying but i went through and i was just like holy shit Wow, wow. And then I'm going through this list <laughs> and it's incredible. But um music producer, Salad Day Studio, everything from Be Well, uh Battery, Ashes, Milltown. Um incredible. Um the new Be Well record is unbelievable, dude. Thank you so much. Um yeah. Pretty pretty good for a midlife crisis, right? You think? <laughs> you think? Sometimes I feel like I'm going through one, man. I'm getting to that age where I'm starting to think weird things and yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's um it's awesome. And um it's it doesn't sound like anything else, which is these days like I I wanna sound like I'm like the get off my lawn old man sometimes I feel like I sound like but but nowadays, that's that's a rarity, right? You know what I'm saying? Well, like, go on. Oh yeah, I mean, I appreciate that. I mean, I think that, you know, I think that like the at least with be well the the motivation for doing it was not really to like for anybody involved to like reclaim former glory. We just wanted to make music that we loved and be like continue to kind of contribute to a community that we love. So I think that I, I feel like had we gone into it and been like, we want to get big, we want to like be played with this band and we want to do this and do all the shit. It probably would have sounded different. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, sure. but I think more than anything, we were just like, okay, we love fucking hardcore, but also like we've all been playing for a long time and just like, let's just make music that we like playing and just, you know, like, I, I mean, I don't, it's gone like literally about a trillion times better than I think anyone anticipated. And it's, it's been really, I mean, to be quite honest, like very touching, like, you know, I feel like I hadn't made music in, of my own in 20 years. I mean, right. And it's like, crazy and you know, we wrote this thing and worked on it for so long without anybody hearing anything and you have no fucking idea what people are going to think when they finally hear it right. and it's so cool not only i mean for me like lyrically like i really put myself out there and i feel like i was really anticipating some blowback you know what i mean right. like i'm singing about drinking <laughs> and i'm like from the straight edge scene and i'm you know, singing about some like pretty heavy shit. And it's been like, yeah, dude. it's been really amazing that people have like, 
I mean, I guess I didn't anticipate, I felt totally isolated in the world. And because I wasn't really like sharing what I was feeling with people, I really had no sense that so many people are going through similar things. Absolutely. It's, um, as as soon as you started by saying, we all wanted to get into the studio. We had no real like expectations. We, we, we just want to do what we love to do and contribute to this scene and this music that we love so much. It just, it just rang to me because obviously only a, a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago now, I wrapped up 11 episodes with the guys from Bane. So, oh, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So Legends. Legends. Dude, we'll, we'll, we'll get into those recordings a little bit. A little <laughs> yeah. um, but, um, you know, it, it rings true. Like, like as soon as you said that, like it just reminded me. Like that's what Dahlbeck was saying, and like uh, about be well and and the beginning, like the whole initial beginnings of Bane. Like all of those guys basically said the same thing. Oh yeah, it, I was there. Which, yeah, yeah. Was, which is, I, I mean, you did the first demo. You did the demos. You did. Uh, bro, I yeah. know. I know all about it. Um, which is just awesome. It's well, almost like a little small little asterisk, a little, little more Bane stuff happening here. Well, the fun, the fun thing for me about it is that, like, you know, it's like I wanted it to feel like the records I grew up with in terms of like energy and immediacy, but like, you know, doing what I've done for the last twenty years, like, sure. I, I am like love the crafting of songwriting, so. I feel like it's so cool to be able to get to make this record that feels like a hardcore record, but if you kind of peel back the onion, it's a fucking lot. <laughs> you know, there's yeah. a lot of layering and the songwriting is like more almost like the chords move more like a singer-songwriter song than like a hardcore song. Oh, sure. And it's, it's been fun. And honestly, more than anything, I fucking love my bandmates so much. That's great. Like, they are the coolest fucking dudes. Every single one of them is like fun to be around. And like, like there's nothing against like Battery and Milltown, but like we, you have to understand that when I was doing Battery, I was, you know, initially 13 and 14 yeah, and everybody they, else dude, was 17, 18. Yeah. And then when we got back together, I was 17 and they were in their 20s. So it was like, <laughs> I always felt like, the little kid like along for the ride you know just that sentence alone is crazy when we got back together I was <laughs> it's just crazy but, but milltown was the same thing where like i was 19 and jonah and the rest of the guys were like 27 28 so it's like like be well feels more like ashes felt to me where we're just like a crew you know what i mean like yeah. we're buds the band text chain is hilarious i just there's like some serious behind the scenes camaraderie and all like for me to like, you know, I don't want to say like I lived my life in the shadows, but like I went about 25 years without really expressing what was going on inside of me to almost anybody. Right. And to be able to do this now and have such an extraordinary cast of characters have my back and like help me do this because you know, I could write whatever, but you don't have Dahlbeck and Schleibaum and like Shane and Peter. They're fucking world-class humans and incredible musicians. So the musicianship of it all is, it's, it, it's, you know, I feel like you can hear that 
we've done this with our lives and, and love it. And I mean, like, I feel so lucky to like have these guys and not only as friends, but like, like, especially Dahlbeck, it's so funny because like, we just go so fucking far back. You know what I mean? Like I met Dahlbeck the day after my first date with my wife when I was in high school. (laughs) So we, we go way the fuck back. Yeah, you do. You know, so, you know, it's, it's, you know, all these things that you're saying, it's, you know, it's very, you're putting your heart into it and all these emotions are are your true feelings. And you have this whole camaraderie with these guys that you go back with, especially Dahlbeck for so long. I think that people, without even knowing the backstory, there's something about it that people, people get that they know when they're listening to this, that this isn't bullshit. This is legit heartfelt stuff. And I think that's why a lot of people connect to it and identify with what you're saying yeah. because, you know, like you said, you didn't realize that so many people go through the same stuff. And I mean, I say it often because I do, I do speak about this stuff kind of often. And I always refer back that I did, if you want to go back, if you haven't listened to it, it's episode 49. It was way back. And I think I didn't have a guest lined up or something like that. And I put it out there online. I was like, uh, you know, like friends of mine that know me and know my life story and stuff like that. I was like, do you think I should like just record and just tell everybody just bare bones, everything about my whole life, good, bad, ugly, sad, funny, everything, warts and all put it out there. And I put it out there and I put it out there. No holds barred. And people were like floored by it. And right. how many times I've gotten messages and things and yeah. how people went through the same stuff. And, and it's, it's once you do it and you get feedback like that, it's kind of a little bit overwhelming, man, because it's such a personal thing. And you, don't, and you think sometimes you're the only person that has gone through certain things. And I think even more so now in the era of like social media, because I, I mean, I feel like, you know, the thing about, like social media is, I, I, I literally used to look at it and think like, wow, everybody else is so much happier than I am. Like, so people are either being totally fucking fake, which makes me feel further away from them, or they live in a different universe right. than I live in. And especially like when my daughter was born, like, I mean, I don't know. It's like, I feel like I do everything I can to be like a good parent. And sure. I feel like the people's stock response with kids is, oh, it's the best thing ever. Like, it's fucking hard. Yeah, it's it is fu- it's, it's hard. And I, you know, having a kid didn't make my own problems go away. And like, it's not something people talk about, you know? <laughs> like, I, I, and, and so it leads you to believe that you're the only person that is like sitting here thinking like, the shit that you're thinking and, and then you internalize it. You don't feel like people understand. And then it has this fertile ground to grow. And it's like, you know, I was fully prepared for people to be like, Holy shit. McTernan's fucking lost his mind. (laughs) And, and instead people are like, wow, dude, I felt so similarly. You know what I mean? And I, I think the cool thing about the record for me is that like, you know, I have, I have, um, I've like, you know, struggled with mental health things in my life, but 
I don't think you need to have like mental health issues to be able to relate to like feeling alone, feeling disappointed, feel, feeling like you are afraid that like you're not the parent you hoped you would be and that like, you know, a whole host of things. So I think that like one thing that's, I think, not that I'm like some name by any stretch, but I think like having someone come out that you've been seeing this name on records for 25 years yeah, and be just so like, here it is. I think it's meaningful to people. And I think that it's, it's, it's kind of like, look, dude, you know, if I was trying to get famous or like pump up my ego, this is not the record I would have written. Right. (laughs) You know what I mean? That, That there's no, nobody can listen to this record, whether you like it or not, nobody can listen to this thing. I, and not, know that we poured our hearts and souls into sure. it and left nothing like I even have people say to me are you sure you want to say that you know <laughs> like your daughter's gonna read this like your daughter's friends might see this. like you know but ultimately for me hardcore without a message doesn't mean shit like yeah. why the fuck would you listen to hardcore if it didn't mean something you know it's not like catchy you know it's fucking what? like like to like in an era of like, you know, I mean, I think, I don't know, like I, like you can think about Bane and let's like Aaron's lyrics are just so fucking meaningful and ridiculous. like ridiculous or I mean, judge, right to spring, embrace. I mean, these are the records that like helped me not feel like a total fucking like, I don't know where I would be without that. Because I was able, I was able to listen to those records and lead, read those words and go, wow, yep. there's someone else in the world that feels like I, like that goes such a fucking long way. And I feel like, I'm not saying that I'm a hero. <laughs> I'm saying hardcore also gave me really the only vehicle I've ever known in my life where I can actually express myself and feel safe doing that. Right. Like it's such a testament to this community that, I can get up on stage and scream something that I would be terrified to say to my wife across the dinner table. Isn't and that strange, but it's beautiful in the same way. It, it's, it's totally beautiful. And, yeah. and, and, and honestly, this might sound like totally weird to say, but like, I've always been a hardcore guy. That's how I, who the fuck I am. It's been my whole life. Yeah. I have never loved hardcore as much as I love hardcore right now. And I've never felt as like, what it is now at being the age I am and having the perspective that I have, like I, I can look and see what it has meant in my life, the relationships, the music, the therapy, you know what I mean? Like, honestly, there's shit about doing the band, like way outside the music, but like the relationships you make, you know what I mean? The people you meet, like, I think like JC, who was took all the band photos showed up at the first be well show fucking left that guy I, my one of my biggest regrets is that i spent so much of my life not knowing that guy you know what i mean shout out to jason carry he fucking rules and I he got his tooth he got his tooth knocked out at the same show that i almost broke my back at everyone knows that story. well <laughs> but but i mean you realize that that's what's magic is it's not just the music it's not just the shows 
It's not just the labels. It's not just the podcast. It's all of it together. It's this like wonderful community. And it's pretty funny because like uh, when we put out the little like trailer clips with like the demos just to like give people a taste, my daughter was like reading the YouTube comments and somebody was like, why are these guys calling themselves a hardcore band? Blah, blah, blah. You know, this doesn't sound like hardcore. And first of all, I tried to explain to her, you know what? This is all I've fucking done for the last 30 years. I'm going to call this whatever the fuck I want to call right. it. And, and I have earned that right. Secondly, hardcore is not a fucking sound, right? right? Uh, it's sonically, it's really, it, exactly. It's, it's not a and, sound. And, and it, it's a movement. It's a community. It's a, it's a feeling. It's a love. It's a passion. And Bane doesn't sound like Turnstile. Turnstile doesn't sound like H2O. H2O doesn't sound like Agnostic Front. Nasc Front doesn't sound like Far Side or Quicksand or Youth to Take. Like, right. if you want to say, like, B Well's not hardcore because we don't sound like Knock Loose, fuck yourself. Exactly. It's, yeah, <laughs> it, it, 100%. Absolutely, so, man. Nothing against Knock Loose. I mean, they're great. No, absolutely uh, not. I'm just saying, <laughs> I, and I don't mean this in a egotistical way, I've devoted my life to this music. Yeah. And to me, Hardcore is something that is meaningful and makes my heart beat faster and involves my friends that I love deeply and love me deeply. Yeah. And anybody that doesn't understand that can fuck themselves right. and they don't get it. And, and, I, it, and it's, it's, I always look at it this way. It's like, you don't understand it. You'll never understand it. And you're lost. That's how I look yeah. at it. I really yeah. do. I look at it like that. I have no time to start explaining. If you're not getting it, uh, then you don't get it. Fine. You right. Know? Yeah. So it, it's it's just pretty funny when you try and explain that to a 12-year-old. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and uh, I mean, the coolest, I mean, I this is like the funniest thing, but I get such a kick out of it. It's like, if my daughter's getting the be well bug now, like, you know, That's she's cool. like rocking the t-shirt and she asked me to order a couple for her friends and like, That's- fucking great they, they think it's cool and then it, it's pretty funny like like we were we we're driving home from school right before pre-pandemic and um my daughter said to my my wife hey mom that's cool the boys googled him <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i'm like yeah that's what the fuck's up that's right recognize <laughs> kids that's so anyway. fucking awesome dude yeah. Yeah, man. And you know, just like to piggyback real quick what you said, like, like I'm not a musician, I don't write lyrics, I was never in a band and this, that, and the other thing. But like that that's that, that I, I agree a thousand percent. It's like I've gone through so many things and, and this, that, and the other, but it's like I'm a father. You just said your daughter's twelve. My daughter just turned eleven. Right. You know, so I have like the same that's like my biggest fear is not being a good dad. Oh, dude. You know, because I grew up with, with my, my mother was an angel, but my stepfather and my, my biological father were pieces of shit, you know? Right. So, so I, 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 sometimes I probably overcompensate. I might be a little too overprotective, but that's just because of my past. You know what I mean? So that's right. like my biggest fear is basically at the end of the day is letting down my kid. Oh that's my it. God. It's, that is, the, it's the most horrifying thought as right. a parent. Yeah. Everything else I can deal with, whatever. Right. 
But something yeah. like that, that's like my biggest fear. See, Dude, now, I, now everybody who's listening and watching, they know. They yeah, know my I mean, tonight. You, you, we're on the same page, like 100%. And the funny thing is, that fear is like one of the things that like led me to be a whole lot more open and honest with the Be Well record than I, I maybe would have felt comfortable with because I literally think all of the time all of the time about like how much shit I never, like I hid from everyone around me. And I think about how many people I grew up with that I now know were gay or were abused or like had eating disorders or like had shit that they never shared with anybody. And I literally thought like, all I'm not afraid of like my daughter getting in trouble. I'm not afraid of her like with boys or girls or whatever she does. I literally just want her to be comfortable with who she is yeah. as a person and not ever hide that from the world. And then, then you have to look at yourself and say, what the fuck example am I setting? Right. Like, here I am. I'm like, you know, coming out, you know, I, 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 I took like a break from doing music for a period of time. And, and, I, and it, it led to, you know, a couple of like the darkest, hardest years of my life. And like, you know, we both talked about, the funny thing is one of the reasons I decided to do that was because I felt like being in the studio was such a hard lifestyle and I was never home for dinner and I was never around for things. And I felt like I would, if I had like a more stable, more regimented life, I would be better. But I mean, until it's gone, you do, you, you know, it's so funny because I was listening to the Bane things and it's like you can hear all of them <laughs> having this thing, which is like, until it's fucking gone, you don't really process the hole in your heart it's going to leave. Right. And so for me, I'm just not a fucking regular ass person. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm just not, I'm not, I'm not. And then, and I tried to be. I, I, I felt like I'm going to get this job. I'm going to do really, I'm going to work really hard. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to prove to everybody that I'm not a fuck up. And I did, you know, I went to this company six months later, I'm running it. I'm making money for the first time ever. And I'm getting home at five, right? Well, I'm getting at home at five, but I'm fucking miserable. And so I'm physically there, but emotionally I'm further away than I've ever been. And then how, how do you deal with that? And so I didn't, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and I just buried it and I, yep, and I, and, and I was embarrassed and I was, and then, and then I woke up one day and I'm like, I'm not, I'm not the person I want to be. I'm not the father I want to be. I have no fucking idea what I'm doing. Right. And like, I'm missing so fucking much. I'm missing like, I made this decision and now I'm realizing that it was the wrong decision. And then like, you know, that's kind of what led me, like kind of be well was born from when I was knee deep working this job, we did the battery tour and we ended up writing a new song and like I, writing lyrics for the first time in 20 years. One, I realized, wow. That was what, 2017? 2017, yeah. Okay. And I realized one that like, holy shit, like what is coming out of me is like, you know, pretty like heavy. <laughs> and like, the funny thing was my wife was like, 
you need to do this. I feel you here for the first time in a long time. Like you need to write. And we, um, and then it, and then I had to make a very hard decision, which was, I didn't really want to keep doing battery. I mean, I love doing battery for nostalgic reasons. Sure. And as like a vehicle to like play and like have kids sing along and do all that shit. There's no better outlet than that. It's all there. It's all ready. But what I really needed was a vehicle to like really express where I was in life. And I had to make the decision, which was like, battery isn't going to be that. Right. And do I risk the like sing-alongs and the stage dives in order for the thing that I really need to do? And ultimately, you know, the great thing was Mike Schleibaum, who's a guitar player and Be Well, was also in battery and he was like, dude, we need to do this. Like, and then we couldn't get anybody to even fucking listen to the demos. Why not? We, we, I don't we, know. With the lineup already like-, like Well, so at the, there wasn't a lineup yet. So like, we, it was just me and Mike and we were like jamming with different drummers and we're sending people demos. And then, you know what? Dahlbeck, was I started to think go back to the rescue, get on the home of equal vision. Well, I started to think to myself, am I crazy? I think this shit's good, but like I can't even get people to listen to it. And um, the EVR listened to, I mean, the label people I sent it to were like, oh, this is cool. Keep us posted. But like getting band members, people just not interested. And then one day I'm like at the, neighborhood pool and my my neighbor said oh did you hear Dahlbeck move to Maryland and I was like bing <laughs> light bulb went off so Schleibaum sent him the demos and he got right back because he's fucking champ was like I love this yeah this is great I have missed playing music you know we're yeah. you know we go we did Converge Bane and just tenure fight like we just uh, go way back you know yeah. and there's something about that, especially with a record that's like as personal as the Be Well record, kind of knowing that your team has your back like long term really helps give you the confidence that you can like put yourself out there and your fucking dudes are there for you. Yeah, and it solidifies everything. And I also just respect Dahlbeck a lot and the fact that he loved it that much and the fact that like, he didn't live that close and was like totally committed to still put the time in. And like, it really gave me that like second wind to be like, you know what? Fuck everybody. Like never done anything in my life that people thought I could do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like when I started the studio, everybody thought I was crazy. When I started ashes, everybody thought I was crazy. You know, like it's not supposed to be easy. Right. Like, huh. and it, it's the, trust in yourself and the people around you that drives you to like, that makes it so rewarding when it fucking totally works. And, and also I, this sounds like a weird thing to say, but kind of the fact that people weren't like, <laughs> like leave and listening. I kind of felt like it was almost like a little private diary. Like nobody was ever going to hear it. <laughs> and I feel like, I don't think, I don't think that's weird at all. I don't so think it kind of like, it kind of helped like so much of the record was written almost with the feeling that nobody may ever even hear it 
that I think that led to it feeling so personal, you know? And, and um, but then honestly, like the awesome thing about like Dahlbeck's a great musician and Mike Schleibbaum's a great musician, but the thing that they have that I don't have is they are way more comfortable hitting people up. I am like actually a total introvert and I'm like, <laughs> I don't like asking for favors. I don't like sending people things. If I send somebody something and they don't get back to me, I assume they hate it. <laughs> Dolbeck's just like, yeah, this shit's fucking awesome. Yeah, have you listen to it. Bad. You know what yeah. I mean? And I love that because everybody has their strengths and it's like, I might be a wizard behind the mixing board, but I'm a fucking neurotic, like insecure mess and always assume the worst. So like having some dudes that just were like, yo, the shit's good. What the fuck are you talking yeah. about? Like, yeah, snap and, out of it. You're going to be fine. Everything's good, man. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and that's, what, and, and then like the, the Shane and Shane and Peter kind of came into the fold and they're fucking great. And it's just like, I don't know. I mean, like, you know, part of it too is like, I've been doing this shit for a long time. So like, to be able to find bandmates that can at this point in my life that play as well as they are and all, are also like at a similar place in life where they're able to relate to the lyrics also sure. really just helps the whole thing feel cohesive, I think. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Well, everybody, it's, well, yeah, Be Well has a two-song EP, it's a self-titled, and then... Um, the newest record, full-length record, The Weight and the Cost. And um, it's funny because this, I know this is all Dahlbeck because what I'm going to get into. Um, I started, I wasn't a very big vinyl guy. I had a vinyl collection and then I sold a lot of it. And now once I, I got like this Bane bug. So what, once, you know, I was done with all the Bane stuff, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to set out and I'm going to try to get every single version of everything on all of their World Series 7 inches. Everything. Right, that crazy. And, and that right there alone is a task in and of itself. It's <laughs> is a lot. There's like 60 different versions. It's crazy. So I have a lot of them. But then now, like, <laughs> I met a lot of people, like, online from this Bane thing, from the Bane stuff, and we're going back and forth, back and forth. We're trading stuff. I got doubles of this, doubles of that. And then there's a guy. I don't remember his name. I don't remember who, which one it is. He goes, did you get the Be Well stuff yet? And I was like, well, I have, like, the, you know, the disc and I got the, the regular vinyl. But, no, I, I, I didn't go into that whole thing yet. He's like, dude, it's dark in here. I'm like, <laughs> he's like, He's like... There is so much, and what was already sold out. He, this, this. I know there's people out there who are vinyl junkies that are going absolutely ape shit trying to get all of the releases. I know. Of the new Be Well record. Well, and you know, Dolbeck's fault. I know it. Uh, well, the funny thing about it is it. that I have been trying to rein that in <laughs> yeah, from the beginning. Not. And then, you know, to be totally honest, both labels said to me, you understand that, like, they're sold out. So as new people find this band, there's nothing for them to buy. Right. And <laughs> so we let them do, like, the second batch of things. Mm -hmm. And then they both just came back to us again, like, 
hey, we need, and I'm like, nope. Right. One more color each. Right. That's it. Like, I, 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 the thing about it is like, it's hard because it's like, I, I feel bad. Like, I want to just give it to everybody. I mean, right. you know what I mean? It's definitely not one of those things where we're trying to like milk it and do this and do that. It's more just like, there's so many cool colors you can do and yes. there's so many options and people like different things and people like having them all. And it's kind of like, I don't want like my, like my fear is that people feel like we're t- trying to take advantage of the vinyl collectors. And then yeah, I don't, I, 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 you, you can think that I don't think that, but right. you have your own personal opinions. I've well, I mean, I'm, I'm reluctantly coming into the, you know, my thing is that if it were up to me, I would just like give them all away. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm like the worst fucking person. Yeah. Well, to but, be in charge Bedard, of anything. Uh, Bedard said something like that. Similar. He's like, yeah, he's like, just press it on black vinyl and that's it and be done with it. No, there's got to be this swirl and this splatter. This would splatter, but this would be a different splatter. This, it's crazy. But I but love that. You, but, but you do have to, like, there are people that love that and they love owning them all. And it's sure. like, and so it's like, I don't want to get in the way of that. My only, my only thing is, like, if it's all positive and it's all, like, this is cool and people want to have it. I just, I would never want it to feel like we were trying to like take advantage of, right. yeah. uh, of, of people with that. And I did finally kind of, I don't want to say put my foot down, but I finally said like, okay, really two, two pressings have already been out. I feel like all of these like 100 presses of this and that deserve to be with the people that were that really believe service of the band. And we have to just do a bigger press of one thing on each side. And then right. that's, and that's it. it. You know, yeah. I'm fine with like a limited tour press where someone can come to the show and it's like a special thing. But as far as this record, it goes. Those are the ones that the collectors go insane for. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking, looking- the thing that's crazy is how many people are like hitting me up personally. Like, Hey, I didn't get this. Can you? And I'm like, literally doing everything I can, like hitting up other band members. Hey, can I get your copy of the, <laughs> the yellow and sending it to Germany and sending it to fucking, you know, yeah. Southeast Asia. It's fucking insane. It's the awesome. crazy. The crazy thing is I used to have an insane record collection, but I lost it all in a fire. Oh, I hate those stories. Floods and fires are the worst I've had, I've, I've had both. So it's, it's, so it's funny because my older brother, he started trying, he got me almost all the battery stuff. And then he like attempted to get me a lot of the records that I produce, but like, that's a tough, I mean, that's hundreds. (laughs) That's like, you know, that's a tough task. And, and a lot of that shit's just not in print. And so I literally, I actually with the be well record, I'm trying to have one of everyone just because I don't know. I mean, I think maybe there was to be some point where my daughter thinks it's cool or sure. You know, why not? Yeah. Why but, not? but Bane was the first band I ever saw that had uh, <laughs> this. this. <laughs> yeah. You go down a rabbit hole with that stuff, man. I'm, I'm, I'm chipping away. I'm chipping away. But then next thing you know, it's like, 
I just spent a lot of money on vinyl, man. And then it's like, all right, uh, this one's $65. All right, fine, I'll buy it. And then this one's 50 bucks. All right, I'll buy it. And then next thing you know, within a half hour, you just spent like $450 on seven inches. It's yeah. like, it's yeah. like, all right, I got to stop for a minute because it's going to get really bad. <laughs> yeah. But you're, I mean, with like Bane, you're part of that. So it's like, you know, go. you could spend that much on two tickets for one football game where this is like something oh, that, sure. that that lives forever. So, I mean, I get it. And okay. like, the, the thing is like, I love seeing people get their record. Like, I, I like, it's so cool. Like, I kind of hate social media, but I also kind of, I've met so many cool people sure. and it I really, works. I really get a kick out of seeing the record. Like, yeah. I love that someone gets packaged and I can be like, Oh shit. Like seeing it for the first time, yeah. you know, I, we hadn't seen half of that shit when people started posting oh, no. their pictures and it's fucking cool, man. Yeah, man. Shit. So now, all right. So everybody, they have, there's the EP subtitled EP and the weight and the cost which is on 95,000 different vinyls, Equal Vision Records. Um, yeah, Be Well HC. Was it Be Well HC on Instagram? Yep. It just, just it's, it's 2020. Just type in Be Well Hardcore and you'll find everything. Um, so listen, I wanted to ask, do you want to go back, like, before, right before, like, what, what was, everybody has their, that, that, that catalyst moment, that, that, that one moment that they never looked back their holy shit i found hardcore or punk or whatever what was that for you like did you grow up in like a musical house like were your parents musicians or was there always music on in the background or something like that no my i don't even know that we had like a stereo in the house like okay. when i was a kid um honestly my brother brought home the suburbia movie one day Okay. And we watched that and it was like, the, holy shit. It's so funny actually, because just today I was, my older brother is sang in Damnation AD and it's like, just, right. we're, we, we kind of got into hardcore together. And I was just saying to him today, cause my daughter's like wanted us to get her combat boots and she's vegetarian, but she wanted like a faux leather jacket and That's awesome. yeah, it's so cute. But I was saying to my brother, like, you know what? Like, when you brought home Suburbia, I remember, like, watching that. And, like, it wasn't even the music in it. It was just, like, these fucking kids look so cool. Like, I never... Yeah. Like, I always, I always felt like an outsider. My whole... Like, like, I had nice friends, but, like, they had these, like, calm, put-together houses, and I had this, like chaotic crazy my parents are fighting the shit's a mess like shit's like always felt out of i just always felt like i'm just not like all these other people right and i remember like seeing suburbia and being like oh these fucking like wild kids like feral kids like living in this house like the little kid gets a mohawk haircut and i just felt like I'm like that. Yeah, I'm not like yeah. these other kids on the soccer team. Like, I'm that's. Yeah. I, I remember we we watched the movie like a bunch of times, and then we like got all this ketchup and mustard out of my like basement, and we went and 
and tagged TR on all these cars and okay. like ketchup and mustard. <laughs> so that was my first graffiti um, experience. Experience in fifth grade. You went out bombing with. We went out and bombing and, and with condiments. That's awesome. <laughs> so I, I think that was the first like, oh, I'm more like that than like this. And then <clears throat> summer between fifth and sixth grade, my neighbor took us to a show. And I did my first stage dive. I like sat on this skinhead dude's shoulder in the circle pit. And I was what like, What show was that? Who played? It was Uniform Choice, Sick, Soul Side, and The Flaming Lips. Really? Yeah. 1987. Was it that order? Was The Flaming Lips like on first? The Flaming Lips was on first. And then A Moral Discipline, this skinhead band from okay. DC with their hit song, Redneck Stomp. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and then Soulside was like one of my favorites. And then Uniform Choice. Crazy. And it's embarrassing to say now, but I remember buying a Uniform Choice shirt because it had it said OC Hardcore, but I thought it said DC Hardcore, nice. <laughs> the way it was written. Uh-huh. And I was like, I got my DC Hardcore shirt. My brother was like, you <laughs> nah, fucking dude. That's OC Hardcore. Yeah. So it's counting. But but after after I went to that, it was like that was it. I was all in. I mean, yeah. like I we we went to every single show. I mean, for years that was like my my. We had an older friend that had a car, and it's once I was in seventh grade, any show within like four hours, we were there. Like, and you, we saw you too young. To, were you, are you too young? To, did you ever catch minor threat down there? No, 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 no. Because I, I started going in like eighty six, eighty seven, oh, and sure. they broke up in eighty. Uh, my biggest regret is I just missed the Right to Spring Embrace era. Right. But I mean, I saw you know, I mean, I saw Dag Nasty on the week out of Denko's tour. It's actually really funny. I was in sixth grade, and. I met Toby Morse from H2O at that show. That was the first time I met him. And so when Be Well played with H2O in Philadelphia and Peter Kortner from Dag Nasty got up and sang with him, he came off stage and I was like, this is so fucked up. You know, it's like, (laughs) I met Toby 30 years ago at Dag Nasty show, and here we are. Some weird full circle stuff going on there. Some serious full circle shit going on. Yeah, that's awesome. And so, I mean, it was it was really cool. And like Toby, I just he was always so fucking nice to us, and it was it was so it was like so cool. Last summer, Battery did um, a tour with H two O, and it's funny because. I actually was worried that like, I not that I wouldn't get along with Toby, but like, you know, he's such an extrovert and he's so out there in the world and I'm like kind of the opposite. But, oh my God, that fucking guy rules. Man, yeah. what a treat to like, I loved every single moment of touring with them. It was, he was so fucking cool. He watched us play every night. Like if he would like pop his battery hoodie on, I mean, it was just like, fucking great man yeah. so but yeah i mean that uh, shit so so the i mean i guess the light bulb moment for me was suburbia but then like the second i went to shows i just automatically felt like that was the first place i ever felt like a human being you right. know i felt like these are my people 100 yeah. you found your tribe i did yeah and, and it sounds weird to say but like it is my tribe it's my religion sure. like I, my whole like moral compass 
and my humanity has been shaped by lyrics and people in the scene. Yeah. And, and like, I didn't I mean nothing against my parents. My parents loved us, but they were fucked up and they were like dealing with their own shit and they were a mess. And I was raised by this community. I mean, reading lyrics, listening to, to, I mean, I, I, I remember like going to see Fugazi when I was in seventh grade Wow! and Ian Mackay started talking about like how the, this, like uh, a couple of gay guys had gotten beaten up and how fucked up that was. And like, there was nothing wrong with being gay. And I remember, I remember being like, there isn't, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I had never been exposed to anyone in the whole li- my whole life right. who hadn't talked about being homosexual as a bad thing up until right. Ian MacKay did. And then I was like, oh, wow. And like, you realize that like a lot of fucking hardcore bands like were so ahead of their time. Like that was not like mainstream politics at that time. Wow. You know? What and, year are we um, talking now? Sure. 88, 87, 88. The show was fucking unreal. It was Verbal Assault, Fugazi, and Soulside. And it was like, actually, the whole speech is on the Fugazi DVD, and it still gives me chills every time I see it. But I, that opened my eyes. I mean, you know, that was a different time. Like, everybody was dropping fag and gay, and, you know, like it was like, whatever and to like have someone that i respected that much like educate me yeah was i mean it i'm grateful for it i mean i'm grateful for you didn't so know many until you knew you know I, I didn't know until i knew and then you know and then it's like funny because you have like the political edge to the hardcore scene and then you have like like you know the right to springs and the turning points that had the more like introverted cerebral lyrics that really helped me like identify a lot of the shit I was feeling, but didn't have the words for myself. And so I, I, I just, I, I have like such a deep gratitude for this scene, you know, really. And what made you, now what made you want to scream your head off in battery? (laughs) Well, that's kind of a crazy story because I was dating this girl in sixth grade and I'm her, sure you probably told the story because you've been making the podcast round. Yeah. Well, the short version is I was dating this girl right. whose brother played drums in a band called Strength in Numbers. And th- for some reason, they would let me go and watch them rehearse when I was in sixth and seventh grade. And the guitar player in the band ended up being Ken Olden, who was the guitar player in Damnation and Battery. And he ended up saying to me, hey, dude, because at that point, I had gotten into, like, Gorilla Biscuits and, like, the New York hardcore stuff. And he said to me, hey, dude, I'm doing a band that's, like, a straight-edge band that's more, like, that style. Do you want to come watch us practice? Yeah. And so I'm like, okay. And he would sure. pick me up at middle school and go to his house. I would watch them practice, spend the night, watch them practice the next day. Yeah. And then he'd drive me to the show on the weekend at the Safari Club. And then I would take the Metro home. And that was, like, what I did. That's awesome. So the funny thing was they were having a really hard time finding a singer. So I started singing after they would rehearse their songs, they would play covers. And I started singing the covers at rehearsal. And then I started singing over their songs. And when they went to record a demo with the intention to get a 
a singer. The producer was like, dude, why don't you go do your, sing what you sing at practice and I'll, I'll bounce it. You know, I'll not bounce it because that's not what you did then. I'll mix it with and without so that they have it both ways. And then it came out awesome. And then I gave the demo to the dude that booked the shows and he was like, you want to play with Sick of It All? And I'm in eighth grade and I'm like, yeah. Why was, not? Are you kidding me? And, then, and, that, and that was it. So, yep. Ah, that's awesome, dude. Yeah. You put out so, several things. In 91, you put out your first seven inch. The demo was 1990. The first seven inch was 91. But then we broke up. I like my life went really wildly off the tracks after that. And they ended up going like I went real crazy and was like, getting in a lot of fights. I got kicked out of school. I was in hospital for a period of time. And um, they left and started Worlds Collide. And then actually, when I was in the mental hospital, I learned to play guitar. And when I got out, I started this band called Rise with Matt Squire, who's like a now multi-platinum producer and a couple other people. And then we played two shows and then our bass player got struck by lightning and died. What? Yeah, it was fucking crazy. And then like, and then, and then we moved our second guitar player over to bass and reformed as Ashes without Noah who had died. And that was Ashes. So it was a fucked up wild ass ride. And the funny thing with Ashes was it was very much like Be Well, where we couldn't pay to play a show. <laughs> like, and so we started playing all these high schools and we were drawing like a thousand people, 2000. We were doing so well playing high schools that we were put, getting hired to play like people's homecoming and shit. That's awesome though. So the funny thing about it is when I re-released the ashes stuff later we call i called it wisconsin avenue tour because all the private schools that we played were all on this one street called wisconsin avenue that's great but nobody would give us the time of day and then my brother went on tour with worlds collide and he was selling the demos and he ended up going to california and people were buying the demos and i started getting letters from people like i love this yeah and then he went to california and he played it for Mike Hartsfield from New Age and Dennis Remsing from Conversion. And they were like, oh, we have this new label network sound with Game Face on it and Ashes would be a perfect fit. So I'm like 15. Yeah. And we signed a network sound. We flew to California. Well, I couldn't even drive yet. No. And we, we fucking played with, it was my first tour ever. And we played with Strife, Outspoken, Game Face, Unbroken, Mean Season, Far Side, Sense Field. I mean, in like five shows. As a fucking 15-year-old. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? That's ridiculous. But also, the crazy thing is, I'm still in touch with all those fucking people. That's amazing. Right? Like, it's so fucking cool. And so, really, we just did Ashes. And Ashes did great. I mean, it was, I loved doing Ashes. I loved, I felt like there were no, there was no rule book. It wasn't like supposed to be anything. It wasn't even supposed to happen. You know what I mean? Like, we're just a bunch of fucking kids. Some of the best things happen that way. Some of the best things is like, they just happen to whatever and you just take it 
whatever happens, happens, and it winds up being one of the greatest things ever. And you had me on guitar. We're little kids, but Matt Squire was this genius writer, musician, producer. And then our bass player ended up going to like NYU for jazz guitar. I mean, it was like this, like somehow this like little collective of pretty like talented kids found one another and, and it was fun. And then battery was on the back burner until (laughs) I walked into a record store one day and the fucking demo was pressed on a CD that I wasn't aware of. (laughs) Of course. And I'm like, what the fuck? And they were like, oh, the label says it's doing well and they're going to send us money to make a full length if we want to do it. And I was like, shit. All right. Sure. And then it was like, people love the full, like, you want to come over and tour in Europe. And at that point, I was, you know, a fucking disaster and was like, fuck it. I have no reason. So I dropped out of school the same week that my wife got into Harvard. Her parents were like, what the absolute fuck are you? You know, I, I had this crazy shitty, like, Long hair, bleached blonde, my uh-huh. jank, my jenkos. You know what I mean? Of like you did. They were like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> and we just did it, and that was it. And and um, but the funny thing is, when we went to record the battery, only the diehard remain record was when the light bulb, the second light bulb, went off, which was I want to record bands because. Gotcha. We went to Atlanta and our friend Issa Zhao, who was a singer in Good Clean Fun, who we grew up with, had moved there and opened a studio. And he got some credit cards and like, you know, bootstrapped it and put together a little studio. And not that I wasn't impressed, but I mean, I was, the amazing thing about hardcore was the reason I thought I could do it is I would go to these shows and the people on stage looked like me. Right. And it, it led me to believe, like, not like they're not talented, but it led me to believe, like, if, if they can do it, I can do it. And huh. going and seeing my friend do this thing that was so inspiring made me think, like, I can do that. Like, I want to do that. And I was just like, I'm going to open a studio. <laughs> you know what I mean? Why not? <laughs> like, why, why not? And, and, um, and it wasn't as easy as I thought it was going to be. Of course. And well, like I, you said, it's supposed to be hard, right? Right. And I moved to Boston and I lived in this great house with, oh man, it was Pete from Mouthpiece. Do you know Sweet Pete? I don't. Okay. Sweet Pete is like a legendary Boston hardcore guy. Trey from Death Wish. Okay. Ben Schusett from Battery and Ten Yard Fight. And, um, and, um, our friend Liz. And I lived in the dining room. I just had a mattress on the floor. And, the studio I built in this, it's not, it wasn't even a basement, it was like a cellar. And I'm like, oh, I'm open for business. And then three months and now one fucking band came to record. Uh, and it was like, oh my God. So I'm like working in this video store. I'm literally so fucking broke. I'm like, I literally lived off ramen and like white bread for like, for months. And and then one day, um, Rama Mayo. Do you know the label Big Wheel Recreation? Do you remember that label? I don't. Where they, are they based they, out of? They were out of, they did like, they did like a lot of Boston. So they, they yeah. like, they did like, like uh, an explosion record. It was just like, a, 
he came to our house and he had signed that band Cast Iron Hike. Okay. And he was like, hey, they need to do some demos. Like, could they do it here? And then I that was, was like, the first, that was the first band you so did. So that was that was it. So they came in and I lucked out because they were good. Right. <laughs> and the thing people don't realize is being good is the first step in sounding good. Sure. <laughs> yeah, man. And and they came in and they played well. They had great tones. They were great performers. And they were well respected in the in the music scene. And it came out great. And instead of it being a demo for the record they were gonna make, it became the record. And then I think the second or third band that, that came in was actually um I can't remember what they were called, but it was Bedard's band. Backbone? No. He was in a he played drums in a band that they were friends with the Cast Iron Head guys and Bedard came and he played drums and I recorded them and that's how I met him. Okay. And that's how he met like Ben Chusid, who was originally in Bane and like kind of like not, I don't want to say like reconnected with the hardcore scene, but I remember like Pete from Mouthpiece making Bedard like a mixtape of like some newer hardcore shit. Right. And um, he was a good drummer and they were a cool band. And um, and then, dude. Bedard belongs in the front. Bedard belongs on the microphone. He's, he's amazing. Yeah. He, he, he either belongs in, 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 on the microphone or I'll tell you what, man, I now have watched that Bane documentary and I could listen to that motherfucker talk. Uh, What I would give to be as eloquent as he is and have a way with words like he does. It's really amazing. I'm going to eventually do a third part with him. Just, I mean, we don't even necessarily have to speak about Bane at all. Like I did two parts with him. The first half of the second part, people, a lot of people listened already was, you know, a lot of it was Bane in the beginning. And then we just started talking and bullshitting about movies and yeah. art and no. cinema and how things are shot and he, directors. And I mean, he's, just- he's a, he's a soulful dude and he's a yeah. smart motherfucker. And it was actually really cool because he came out to the Be Well show in, um, in Boston when we played with Hot Water and I hadn't seen him. I don't think possibly since we did the note, I think I might not have seen him because yeah. I, I, I don't love going, I, I'm, I'm making an effort to go to shows now, but I haven't always loved going to shows because I just, I get punished by people and then, <laughs> you know, like, and then you can't really talk to bands without them thinking you're like trying to pitch them. Right. And it's just a very awkward, yeah. but when we did the battery stuff, it really hit me like, how in 2017, like how much it meant to me when people came out and I realized like, I need to just get over my shit. It's like more important. It means more to people that I show up than it is like hard for me to do it. And so I just need to put my shit aside and support my friends. So I've made a concerted effort to like go to shows and like Bedard coming to our show meant the world. I mean, big man it was big yeah and i respect him and i love him and so i have so much respect for that dude it's ridiculous yeah so so um but the so the crazy thing was did the cast iron height shit and then it was just like the flood floodgates opened and then texas is a reason came up a similar situation to dude the the only notes that i have here right in front of me right here this is all i have right okay 
this is only this much of that much right. <laughs> of things that you've done. So real quick, and stop yeah. me if I'm wrong, if I misplace something. Yeah. But, and obviously it's in no particular order. Converge, Texas is the reason, 108, 10-yard fight, the promise ring, the trouble, reach the sky, cave in, fucking snap case, dude. Ah, fucking love that band. Um, Drowning Man, Darkest Hour, Thrice, Hot Water Music, Senses Fail, of course, Be Well, Angel Dust, Turnstile. Yep, they were fucking great. <laughs> dude. And then, I mean, and that's just a t- that's just like like a, like a scratching the surface. And then I have in big in big with exclamation points is, is Bane. With All right, points. I love that. Uh, Dude, I, I, yeah, I've I've been look. I mean, you know, it's been a it's been a it's been a charmed journey. You know, I mean, I, I'm I I I think that my only regret is that when you're in it and it's happening, I think you don't always realize how special it is. And when I took that break away from it, it really, really hit home. Like, you know, you just read off a list of some of the best human beings you may ever come across in the world. And so I don't always think that people understand that it's not like, it wasn't that I missed the recognition or the this or the that. It's I missed being there and being around these people and watching it happen. Like, like I got a front row seat to some of the most important things, in my opinion, that will happen in music. Yeah. And and the impact that that just these bands alone, it's like we've constantly we we constantly go back to Bane, you know, and like all these other bands. They have such a, an impact. A, literally, it's not, it's not even cheesy to say, so I'm not even going to preface it like that. It's just a worldwide effect on people. Right. It is, and it's beautiful. And it's like, I mean, it's crazy to me now that I'm seeing things like, hey, this is the 25-year anniversary of this record coming out. Right. Or the this is the 20... and And... It's funny because I tell this to young bands all the time. Hey, dude, don't call it in. This matters. Like, like put your phone away, stop texting, stop checking your Instagram, and put your fucking heart and soul into this. Because if you're fucking lucky, 20 years from now, someone will still care. Yeah. You don't care. You can't expect other people to care. And the list of people that you just read off are people that fucking put everything, everything they had on the line every single time. And the reason you still care and you look at that list and you're inspired is because they're fucking inspiring. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, there's no fucking no doubt about it. it. Yeah. No other way to and, it. and the other thing is like, they're fucking awesome people. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, it's so funny. As I think like, as you're reading, as each name you said, I like some awesome story popped into my head. Yeah, of course. You have in your head, of course. And then people are so different than you think they are. Like, like I think about Justice from Angel Dust, right? right? I'm thinking like, well, first of all, funny thing with that record was <laughs> I was sharing at that time, I had my studio in a building with a couple other people and 
the bass player from Angel Dust had gotten into a fight with one of my studio mates. Right. And my studio mate was like, yo, he can't come to the studio. <laughs> and first of all, I talked to Justice about it. I'm like, hey. He was like, yeah, man. He fucked his girl and he punched him. So yeah, he doesn't get to come to the studio. <laughs> <laughs> so it was pretty funny. But then really, you can like have this perception, like Justice, he's tough. He's like, you know, he's like trapped under ice. You hear the stories. That fucking dude was so fucking cool and so fun to be around. And, and I remember having this, this is like one of the only times this ever happened in my whole history of recording bands. But I remember having this conversation with Justice where I said to him, yeah, man, the hardest thing is I just like, I love recording, but I want to get home and see my daughter. And so every night we're recording that record at 6.45, he'd be like, you got to get home and see that baby. That's it. And it's like, yo, all that shit, you think about this guy, you're fucking wrong. This is a fucking caring, wonderful, talented human being that listened to what I said heard what I said and respected. and respected it and put it in front of it's him done. getting shit done faster. Yep. And like that shit just stuck with me. And that fucking dude could call me for anything at any time. Yep. Every time I see their name, I think about that. And yeah, it's fucking awesome. I mean, I mean, I, I don't know. I turnstile. I mean, I could, every single name you just read, I could tell you stories like that about those people. And it's like, and it's, I mean, you know, I mean, I feel like it's funny because one of the reasons I, before Be Well, I shied away from doing interviews is that I feel like it's really hard to like talk about my role in these projects without it feeling like I'm trying to take credit for the bands. I haven't gotten that, not one tiny bit from you this whole time. Yeah. So, the uh, thing is, like, really, like, I had the skills and cared enough to document what they did, but really, the bands are... <laughs> I can't make a band that isn't special, special, right. you know? Yeah. That isn't... My job is to, like, bring out what's special in a band, and if people aren't going to put their hearts and souls into it the way those list of bands you are... They're just going to be a name that's not on that list. You know what I mean? Like, and, 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 and maybe there are producers that are able to like manufacture that, but that's never what I tried to do. I tried to capture it like, and bring it out and help bands see that there might be even more than they thought was possible. But I, I can't make some person that, doesn't really care and just wants a record out so that they can tour, have the passion that Aaron Bedard has. I can't do that. I mean, that's not, that's, not, nor do I want. Not, not everybody has that. Nor do I want to, because to me, the magic is the passion. The magic is the, I'm going to fucking do this no matter fucking what. And, you know, I'm not going to take no for an answer. And it's inspired me in my life. And I, I feel like, I've been lucky to be around these people that have shaped what I thought was possible as well. Like, I feel like we all as a community um, pulled each other up. And it's actually really funny 
and not that we need to keep talking about Bane, but but I've thought about it more and more um, as like you know just talking to Aaron Dahlbeck all the time and like having Bane come up in interviews and things like that. I always think of like Give Blood to me wow. as like a mile marker so in my career because I feel like that was this record where we all started together and didn't know what the fuck we were doing and then came back together having grown up, having honed our craft, loving and respecting one another and totally prepared to fucking do it and make it. That album is fucking flawless. It is. It is. And I mean, they came in fucking Brannigan on the God. I mean, I just, I just remember being, I just remember being like, Holy fuck, this shit, yeah. the songs are so fast and short and Tight. punchy. The yeah. lyrics are good. The riffs are good. We had a fucking blast making it. I also, like, I mean, it all comes down to this. I didn't, I liked, I mean, I, I don't feel like, it's funny because people will ask, oh, were you bummed out when they made that record with somebody else? And I wasn't, like, Recording with the general consensus amongst the band members themselves, they're a little bit bummed out that they didn't use you. Yeah, but you know what? (laughs) That record is still fucking cool, and people love that record. And and you know what? You can't make the same record every time. So it's like, you know, like, like the the thing about it was when we did give blood, it I wasn't upset that they went and did. It all comes down to this with someone else. But I was hugely honored that they wanted to come back to me to do Get Blood. And I said to myself, I'm going to fucking kill this thing. (laughs) I I am going to fucking crush this record. And it was, I felt like I owe it to them. I owe it to myself. And I want to prove to myself that I can make this thing everything it needs to be. And it's just so cool to like be able to like look back and go, wow we all started together and we all are still here. And like, and like, I don't know why, but that record is such a like clear defining thing for me where I can look back and go, Oh, that's when we got good. <laughs> you know what I go. mean? You have a little, um, a little milestone, a little marker there. That's great. That, I love and, and it's, I hadn't thought about that entirely until actually they came to interview me for the, the Bane doc because you know, it was really then when I was like, you know what? I, I, that record is really special for a whole lot of reasons, but like, especially because it just shows all of our, all of our growth. Yeah. Um, so anyway. Yeah. Awesome. I'm going to shout out my sponsors real quick. If you all right. Know. Yeah. Sounds great. Generation records, everybody. 210 Thompson street located at 210 Thompson street in the West village of New York city. Follow them on Instagram at generation records. Um, you can go to generationrecords.com and check out their uh, their little uh, their online store there. But if you can, they so far they have survived this pandemic, so they are open for business. Um, so go to the brick and mortar spot once again at Two Ten Thompson Street in the West Village, here in New York City, and grab yourself some vinyl. Maybe they have Be Well stuff there. Um, they have a whole their downstairs is half filled with T-shirts and all kinds of merch and. It's one of the greatest stores, and they've been there since 92. 
So support Generation Records. Um, New Republic Printing. Uh, go to New Republic Printing. Follow them on Instagram and newrepublicprinting.net for screen printing, embroidery, vinyl stickers, buttons. Um, they have no screen fees. There's no setup fees. And if you get your order delivered to a commercial address, it is free UPS ground shipping. So support New Republic Printing and uh, hit up Steve McCarthy. He will take care of you. Guy's awesome. I've been using him for over a decade. Um, hey, Brian, are you a coffee guy or no? Yes. You are? All right. Yes. Dead Sled Coffee. D-E-A-D-S-L-E-D, coffee. Dead Sled Coffee. Follow them on Instagram at Dead Sled Coffee and everywhere, same thing. Um, they have everything. All different kinds of brews. Strong brew, everything from decaf to espresso blends to cold brew to different kinds of tea. All kinds. Of, they even have some cool merch. They do things with, they just did a blend with Wisdom and Chains. They did Ooh. a blend with the toasters. They just, they're working out a deal and they're actually making like some like really strong brew with Robert Englund, Freddy Krueger. Like, so they do like a whole bunch of cool things with like actors and musicians and they're a small mom and pop store, a little company. But if you go to deadsledcoffee.com and you put in promo code Brooklyn Blast, Brian, you'll get 15% off and anything over $40 is free domestic shipping. And then last but not least, Crew Socks, C-R-U-S-O-X. Now, they're not necessarily a sponsor, but I will get the word out for them because they do really good shit. Um, they have a give back mission. And what it is, is if you buy one pair of socks, they'll donate a pair of socks to, to somebody in need. So you buy two pairs, they donate three pairs. You buy three pairs, they donate five pairs. So... They do really good things. It's not just about socks, but who doesn't like a nice per- brand new pair of socks on your feet? You know what I mean? So go to uh, go to Crew Socks on Instagram and follow them. And they're Crew Socks everywhere. It's, uh, you know, Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff. And go to CrewSocks.com and buy yourself something. And that would be that. Those are my sponsors. For the I time. like it. Those are good sponsors. Yeah, man. Listen, they're all small mom and pop spots. They're not big corporations. A record store, a screen printing company, a place that sells socks and donates to people in need. And, uh, you know, a record store and a coffee yeah. company. Yeah, yeah, all good shit. Yeah, I, man, miss, good I, miss, I miss going to record stores. Go down to Generation Records, man. Wait, where is that? 210 Thompson Street in the West Village. They've been there since 92. All right. Like yeah, that. man. So what's what's coming up? Like, I mean, I, obviously, I know the whole world has gone upside down. But did you have anything like in like in the works that wound up getting you know? Well, we have we have a tour in Europe in March that we are about to announce. Okay. While being fully aware that it may get pushed back. I, every, everybody is doing that. So many, you know, like, oh, yeah. well, but the, 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 the problem is that if you wait until everything is fine to do book anything, I mean, you have to book this shit six, seven months, eight, nine months ahead of time that, you know, you sometimes just have to throw caution to the wind. And the other thing is because we're not like a big band, at least the places we're going to be playing aren't going to be, massive right. so it could be that you know what, what i'm hoping is that 
the tour can happen and maybe it gets moved into some some bigger rooms where people have to be spread apart. Okay. The nice thing about Be Well is, you know, you can sing along if you want, but it, it doesn't it doesn't need, you know, like a battery show. That ain't no, it, ain't no social distancing happening there. No, but Be Well, we can swing that. You know what I mean? Like we can get out there. Dahlbeck can put his shorts on and jump around. Of course. And, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, boy named Scout shirt. Yeah, boy named Scout shirt and the shorts. And, um, <laughs> and, and, and we'll be, you know, I'm crossing my fingers because I feel like there is a chance it could happen. There, some shows are, I mean, Europe has the shit. They're having a little spike now, but nothing like we have right. going on. So shows are happening there a little bit already. Okay. Um, we'll see. I mean, okay. I, it, 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 it was feeling a lot more promising and now there's been like another little uptick. Oh, I just think that people when are, are you, when are you going to announce that? Uh, probably, um, I don't know, probably two weeks or three weeks or okay. something. Like. Uh, We're this, just, is, this is dropping on October 2nd. So I think yeah, I mean it's fine to you know you're you're you heard it here first, right? <laughs> sure. <laughs> so, um, but 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 the thing is, it's an awesome little twelve date run with like every show has a cool European band, which I love because a lot of times when you go over there, you're on some package tour and you don't get to play with local bands, which that's like part of the fun for me. It's like meeting new people and. Sure. Like, you know, so, and the cool thing is I do a lot of like production work and mixing work with bands over there. So uh, we're going to, when it happens, we're going to be playing with a lot of bands that I've never even met in person. We've just like corresponded through email and fingers crossed. Sure. Absolutely. I hope the best, man. I mean, for everybody, I mean, from musicians down to my girlfriend (laughs) who's going crazy because she's, she's a personal, she's not, she's a, a group fitness trainer. And she right. works in gyms. Right. It's not easy. Is she doing it on Zoom? Yes, and then but the yeah, but it's it's just not the same. It's not the same. It's 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 like watching Hollywood Squares. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. It's, no, it's not I get the same it. as being in the gym with people. Yeah. It's a completely different animal. But hopefully, sooner rather than later, restrictions will be lifted and everything will go back yeah. to somewhat normal. Yeah. But I mean, all we could do is hope. The one thing I'm thankful, one thing I'm thankful for is like we snuck in the little Be Well record release show in DC right before all this happened. And it was like packed, it was sold out and it was like awesome, intimate, like really special. And at least it gave me a taste of like, oh, this is what it could be like. You know what I mean? Like it it was a different vibe than playing first of four with a bunch of other bands like we have been doing at every show. It was like, our little show, people were there to see us and it felt that way. So at least I, I'm like holding on to that taste and crossing my fingers. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Very cool, man. Yeah. Well, now, oh, well, real, real quick, I just have to, there's a couple, a couple of quick things I want to go run past you real fast, but I do yeah. have to shout out. Um, I have a, I don't do this for any money at all. But I do have a Patreon account, 
where cool. you, you, don't, you don't have to sign up. It, this will always be free. I feel funny even saying that, but it will always be free. Um, but there is a Patreon account and there's three different tiers and you get different things for each tier. One is $5 a month, one is 10 and one is 20. Like I said, you don't have to sign up, but I have to shout out. I've been getting a couple of more. It's kind of cool that even though it's a free thing, people enjoy it enough to, you know, it's not even like they're donating because they are getting things for their money. You know what I mean? But um, I got to shout out Craig H, Thomas K, Joey V, John B, Damian M, Jimmy G, Lori D, Mark K, Jason K, Tommy S, Jared B, and my newest is John K. All my Patreon members, thank you very much. And if you feel like throwing throwing me five bucks a month, which is really a dollar twenty five an episode, to really break it down, it's Patreon.com. Or to one cup of coffee at Starbucks. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, one cup of coffee. Oh, forget it. You get a large coffee. It's like seven dollars. You get one of those gimmick coffees with the whipped cream and the swirl. Seven dollars. I think the Patreon thing is fucking great. To be yeah, honest with you, so I mean, it's and not mandatory. And if you want to, cool. If not, that's cool too. And, and it's like people like to support things they love. That's it. You know what I mean? There's like in the same way that like, you know, you might not feel comfortable being like, oh, throw me this money. And like, I feel weird with people having thing that I, I, I feel weird with people buying all of these be well records. Ultimately, <laughs> yeah, exactly. people want to support things that they care about and feel passionate about. And Patreon is like, oh, I'm, I will tell you. So many bands I know right now are literally, it's the only thing they have that's keeping them afloat, afloat whatsoever. Yeah. Most of them have these like, you know, same thing. Dude, the podcasting, I don't think people realize how much time you have to put into making. It's not like, sure. like, it's totally cool. And people, yeah. it's awesome that people want to support things they love. Yeah. Like, and ultimately, like like I said, it's less than a cup of coffee. You know what I mean? Yeah. They don't have to really buy records anymore. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, really. Pay your ten bucks to Spotify. Like, right. you got plenty of money to throw at the Brooklyn Blast Furnace. Like. There you go. Patreon.com <laughs> slash the Brooklyn Blast Furnace. Awesome. Very cool. Now, what I usually do, which you you probably already know, but this goes up raw onto YouTube, just the way it is. And the same thing, I, I throw it up on the Instagram, uh, on the on the Facebook group, just the way it is. But the audio version that goes everywhere, I tack on my intro. And I'm going to have to ask you to end this podcast with a song of your choice or two songs, whether it's a battery song and a Be Well song or a Be Well song, whatever you want, one or two songs, it's completely up to you because this is... Your episodes. <laughs> All right. That's a better word. All right. So play Seven Seconds Young Till I Die. And then play, let's see. Pick a Be Well song. Play Be Well Tiny Little Pieces. Oh, awesome. I'm in that kind of mood today. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sounds good to me, man. So now, like, once again, um, do you have a, well, your, your personal Instagram is Salad Day Studios, right? Yeah, Salad okay. Day Studio, yeah. Studio, Salad Day Studio. Um, be Well Hardcore, well, it's Be Well HC. Yeah. Um, everywhere. Um, go out, grab, well, you don't even have to go out. Go on your phone or whatever and buy the Be Well record, even though it makes Brian a little uncomfortable, support it. And um, 
I don't know, man. Any closing the best, words? The best thing people can do to support the band, to be honest, is when they listen to it on Spotify, if they follow us on Spotify. There you go. Because, because the thing is, the Spotify algorithms yes. are directly affected by that. And like one thing that I came to find as this goes on is that the bands that have fans that are older, people don't do that. Where younger fans do do that. Yep. And so it's harder for Be Well to show up on playlists and things like that, even though... If they're not followed. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that is actually one of like, even more so than buying a record, that is more right. helpful to the band. Um, I didn't even know that. That's, that's interesting to know. Yeah. And it's great. And then the social media, just so people know, like we love talking to people. Like yeah. we all try and respond to every post we're tagged in. We read every single message. We try and write everybody back. Like, sure. I mean, the community around this is one of the things that's the most meaningful to us. And like, I love getting messages about people, like what the records meant to them. And, you know, I, I just like it. And I mean, you know, it's funny because now I have, I don't mean this in a defeatist way, but like I, every, we're on borrowed time and, and I'm trying to enjoy it. And like, and like conversations like this and like, getting to know people online and things like that. It's just makes me really happy. And it makes, it makes like how hard we worked to make this record and like how much of ourselves we put into it. It, it's so rewarding to get back so much from people. Yeah. It's awesome, man. Yeah. It's great. So thank you so much. Nah, looking man. for, thank the, you. I'm looking for the third Bedard interview. It's it's gonna happen. It'll definitely happen. I'm sure. Like like if I now pick you, up now like you, later on, I'm sure we could set up. But it just won't drop probably until now, November-ish or something. Well, like you that. can now ask him about his drumming career. I will ask him about his drumming career. Without yeah. a doubt, he's good. Be focal good. point. Yeah. So, as per yeah. Brian McTernan. That's right. That's damn right. I'll let him know too. Okay. Very cool. Awesome. Dude, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Here. Yeah, man, this was great. Okay, thank you. Hopefully we can hang in person someday soon. Absolutely. Sooner okay, rather buddy. than later. All right. Thank Be you safe, so much. Man. Okay, see you, buddy. Bye.
Stay young till I die. I'm gonna stay young till I die. I'm gonna stay young till I die. 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 Till I die.